Hello, everybody. Welcome to the very first edition of From the Boardroom to the Locker Room for 2024. A very happy new year to you and your family. And thank you so much for being back with us uh, in 2024 for every edition. Hopefully, you'll be with us for every edition of From the Boardroom to the Locker Room. There is so much to talk about that's happened over the last two weeks since we have been on a sabbatical. I'll try and get through as much as I possibly can, and whatever I don't, well, we'll get through it over the next couple of weeks or so. Whenever an opportunity arises to talk about what's happened over the last couple of weeks, it will come up. But let's start with the news of the days, shall we? And uh, it is big news as far as South African cricket is concerned because today it was announced that Protea wicketkeeper batsman Heinrich Klaassen has announced his retirement from Test cricket. Now, he is 32 years of age and he stepped away from the Red Bull format. He featured in four matches for South Africa between 2019 and 2023. Now, you might be wondering to yourself, uh, why would he have made a decision like this? Well, I'm wondering as well. Uh, he made his test debut in India and went on to represent South Africa in Australia and twice played against the West Indies last summer. The question that uh, immediately springs to mind was when the test team was announced for the India tour that's just taken place here in South Africa, he was dropped from the squad. Um, and Calvarelli was put in his place. Um, has that got something to do with it, do you think? Maybe the new coach, Shukri Conrad, is, uh, shall we say, cleaning the old cupboard, getting rid of the old and trying to put in the new. Well, if the Newlands Test match is anything to go by, he hasn't really succeeded, has he? Um, Clarkson played at 85 first-class matches. He scored 5,347 runs at an average of 46, 1,200s, and a career-best 292 for the Titans in the Cricket South Africa four-day series. Now, Clarkson, speaking on his decision, said that after a few sleepless nights, wondering if he's making the right decision, he has to re- decided to retire from Red Bull Cricket, a difficult decision that he has made because it is by far his favorite format of the game. Now, one of the things that has happened, of course, over the couple of weeks that we've been away is the talk about, first of all, the South African selection policy for the Tour to New Zealand. We spoke about that last year, remember, of course, because the Tour to New Zealand for the South African test team falls over the same period as the uh, Betway T20 competition, which starts on uh, the 10th of the month. So what is the scenario with regards to test cricket. So it's easy to say that Heinrich Klaassen has retired from test cricket, but what has he really retired from? The reason I ask that question is because how much test cricket is going to be played between now and the end of the year compared to how much one-day international cricket, T20 cricket, IPL cricket, Betway T20 cricket, being league cricket, Pakistani cricket, cricket T20 leagues. So there you are. There's the answer to the question. Has he actually retired from anything? He wasn't chosen to play in the Test Series now against India, which you would have thought he most probably would have been. Um, I know Calvarani got a lot of runs in four-day cricket in South Africa, but you've got to think to yourself that for all the time that Clarkson was in the Test side in terms of the squad as deputy to Quinton de Kock, Anyway, that's another subject for another time. Um, Cricket South Africa's director, Inuk Inkwe, has added, it's tough to see a player of Heinrich's caliber step away from Red Bull Cricket, but they respect his decision. Have they tried anything to change these players' minds? I mean, 
we've just seen the uh, final match played by Dean Elgar. Um, we have a test captain who currently is incapacitated due to a another, another, I'll repeat, another injury. And I feel sorry for Tempa Bavuma. I really, really do, because I feel that far too much pressure has been put on the guy. Um, and then you've got somebody like Aiden Markram, who every time somebody falls by the wayside or gets injured, he gets called up to take over the reins of the captaincy. And you can make up your own mind why he just isn't the captain anyway. Right, so that's uh, one uh, rather disturbing story that's just happened over the last 24 hours. And then another one is that Spanish superstar Rafael Nadal is out of the Australian Open with a micro tear on a muscle. That's barely a week after making a comeback from a year-long injury absence. He did say he remains positive. Rafa, you know what? Just go away gracefully. Why, why, why do these players who have got such an unbelievable record try and prolong the inevitable? Just, you know what? Let's remember you for the great player that you were and not for the guy that has tried and failed on so many occasions to make a comeback. What do you need it for? What do you want? What is the reason for you putting yourself through all of this pressure and torment? Outside of the game, you've got a magnificent tennis academy. You've been an inspiration to millions and millions of fans and players around the world. Look at Carlos Alcaraz. He's come up through the ranks. He's like a hero to you. He 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 is... Somebody who is an inspiration to the sport because of Rafael Nadal. Anyway, um, while you were away, or not while you were away, while I was away, not that I went anywhere, it was in a very famous country called Romania, um, he won his opening two matches in straight sets, looked in decent touch, and then needed a medical timeout in his quarterfinal loss to the Australian Jordan Thompson. He felt paid in his upper left thigh. He worked hard during the year for the comeback. He's always mentioned that his goal is to be at his level best in three months, but the sad news is he's not able to play in front of the amazing Melbourne crowds. Um but he remains positive. During his last match, he had a small problem on a muscle. And once he got to Melbourne, he had a chance to have an MRI. And he has the micro tear on the muscle. Not in the same part where he had the injury, which is the good news. Uh, right now, he's ready to compete at the maximum level. He's not ready, rather, uh, to compete at the maximum level of five set matches. He's flying back to Spain to see his doctor and get treatment and rest. His absence from the Australian Open could mean that he has played at Melbourne Park for the last time. Having said there was a high percentage that 2024 would be his farewell to the tour. He said in Brisbane that his health would be the deciding factor in any decision about continuing to play after this season. So that's the other big news story of the day. No Rafael Nadal. Now, let's have a look at some of the uh, action over the weekend. Um, and it was fast and furious uh, in terms of the um, football. It was also fast and furious in terms of the tennis. Let's start with the tennis. Uh, we, of course, are heading towards the uh, Grand Slam. The first one of the year, as mentioned, Rafael Nadal is out. 
Um, but there was the United Cup uh, amongst a couple of other competitions that uh, were underway. And what a tournament this United Cup turned out to be. Now, it used to be called the Hopman Cup. It is the precursor to the Australian Open. It's an opportunity for the players uh, to uh, come forward and uh, have a not just a bit of fun because the seriousness of it was seen in the eyes of Iga Swiatek when she lost the final yesterday, uh, the doubles final um, with her partner. But it was very serious on the court, lots of fun had off the court. And Alexander Zverev, he is somebody that you can mark down as a potential favorite for the Australian Open. Um because the way the tournament is played, it's the singles, men's singles, ladies, and then a mixed doubles making up the three matches that eventually comprised the winner. They first started off in Perth in a round-robin series, and then the semifinals and the finals were played in Sydney. And Zverev saved two match points in a grueling three-set win over Herbert Herkatch. I never get the spelling of the pronunciation of his name right, but anyway, I'll try my best. Um, helped Germany upset the top seeds, Poland, and clinch their maiden United Cup title in Sydney. Poland, unfortunately, lost last year in the semis, the year before in the quarters, and this time in the final. The world number seven kept the tie alive, with a never-say-die attitude, not just in yesterday's match, but also on Saturday against the hometown favourites, Australia came back from the absolute dead to win that one. Um, he won 6-7, six, 7-6, seven, seven, six, two set points, two match points. He had to stave off and then went on to win the third set in his singles match 6-4, while Iga Sviatek swept past Angelica Kerber 6-3-6. Love, great to see her back after having a baby, uh, the former Grand Slam champion. And then Zverev returned to partner Laura Sigmund. Wow, did she not play so well. What a brilliant exhibition of tennis from the two of them. Uh, the first two sets were tied, six, four, five, seven, and then uh, they don't go to a third and deciding set. They go to the best of ten tiebreak, which was won by the Germans, 10-4, and they captured the 2024 United Cup first time for Team Germany. And as very, very well spoken at the end, said that it was a matter of millimeters today for Poland to be the champions. And to his team, amazing. So much fun. He couldn't be happier. And you could just see that, as I say, the tears in the eyes of Ika Sviatek um, who played some incredible tennis herself, and she was the most valuable player of the entire competition. Um, brilliant stuff as far as that was concerned. So well done to Germany for winning the Hopman Cup. And if I have anything to say about team tennis, we need more of this. We really do. It was outstanding. It was wonderful to see how brilliantly the women played up against the men. Some of the return of serves, and the men didn't hold back. Let me tell you that straight out. Uh, they did not hold back. I mean, Zverev was hitting it at 200 kilometers plus an hour, and uh, Sviatek was hitting it back as hard as it came. Anyway, there was, uh, there is or was other events going on in build-up to next week's Australian Open and World Number Five. Andrei Rublev prepared uh, for next week's Aussie Open in great style. He swept past Finland's Emil Rusuvuori. 
in straight sets to win the Hong Kong Open 6464, the perfect start to the new year. The 26 year old Rublev has reached nine Grand Slam quarterfinals without ever progressing any further. But he will be hoping to go one step, or in fact, two steps further. The last time Rublev lost to a player outside the top 50 was to the 69th ranked player. In three hours and 16 minutes in the Cincinnati Masters, he got revenge, beating him yesterday in the final of that competition. So, a great performance by Andre Rublev. Um, and then uh, Grigor Dimitrov, uh, Elena Rybakina, heads into the Australian Open after demolishing Arena Sabalenka in the Brisbane International Final yesterday, while Grigor Dimitrov upset Holger Rune to win his first title since 2017. So a lot of the players uh, who are playing in the Australian Open obviously didn't have a very uh, merry, festive, I'm sure they had merry, but not a very festive uh, Christmas, because of course they were training for these early season events and of course going into the Australian Open next week. So Rybakina against Sabalenka, what a performance by her. She um, becomes the world number three. She won the first eight games in a row on her way to a 6-love, six 6-3 six win in just 73 minutes over the Australian Open champion in a repeat of the 2023 Melbourne Park final. It was her sixth WA title and comes a week before the first Grand Slam of the year. The 2002 Wimbledon winner was in irresistible form all week, spending only three hours and 40 minutes on court in the four matches that she played. And uh, I must say that Sabalenka was uh, very humorous in her defeat by saying that she thanked her for allowing her to win three games in the match. And it was a magnificent performance. And it's great to see because some of these players are in absolutely fantastic form. Now, Grigor, the Bulgarian, Dimitrov, claimed his first title since 2017 with his win over the number eight player in the world, Denmark's Arun. Uh, he was once touted as a player most likely to break the stranglehold of Roger Federer, Rafael Nadal, Novak Djokovic and Andy Murray, while all of them had their stranglehold at the top of the men's game. But after winning four titles in 2017, including in Brisbane, he never reached the heights expected of him. And yesterday was a welcome return for him into the winner's circle. And somebody else who's also in fine form is Coco Goff. She held her nerve to beat Elena Svit. Dolina in a grueling three-set final on Sunday to retain her Auckland Classic title in an ideal warm-up for the Grand Slam. The world's number three and top-seeded American demonstrated her grit by fighting back to win 6-7-6-3-6-3 against the Ukrainian second seed whose participation had been in doubt after limping through her semi-final the night before. But Svitolina fully tested the U.S. Open champion for the first time in the tournament, with the 2023 Auckland winner dropping her first set in two tournaments in the New Zealand city of Auckland. But Coco Goff came through as victorious. Svitolina only returned to the circuit in April last year, also having had a baby. And there are quite a few super moms now on the Grand Slam tennis circuits, or the ladies' WTA circuit, and I'm sure quite a few of them will be at the Aussie Open, and a lot of focus will be on those players at the Australian Open. 
Okay, rugby. There was just uh, one big game of rugby at the weekend. And I can tell you right now that the Sharks, with all the money in the world, just cannot get it together. It's like sometimes you will find, like Chelsea. Let's take Chelsea, for example, in the English Premier League. All the money in the world, the best players that the money can buy, and they can't get a win. Or they couldn't. I mean, they've got a couple, but they've just gone from being a Premier League champions to a side that can't find form. And the same, in a way, can be said of the Sharks. They put a Chamberlain, who you can't blame, but did miss the last second penalty they would have given his Sharks team a dramatic home Vodacom United Championship victory over the Lions. But instead, their nightmare continues for another week. They lost uh, 20 points to 18. It was a dramatic end to a scrappy game as the Lions scored a late try through their captain, Marius Lowe, at the back of a rolling ball, and former Shark Sanele Nohamba expertly stroked the ball through on the conversion to get the visitors a 20 points to 18 lead. It would have been 18 all if he'd missed that kick, and that's most probably how it would have ended. It were 90 seconds left on the clock, and then um, there was a penalty given to the Sharks, which turned out to be the last kick of the game. Um, however, can't blame Butter, and you also can't blame the clock you can't blame anybody but the sharks i mean even the man of the match springbok like yeah but Elizabeth saw the last lions player wasn't bound dived in on the ball ensuring chaos that earned the sharks the penalty it was the fact that the game had two halves which obviously i mean that sounds a bit irish um, but the sharks were leading 18-3 at half time and it was all over by the shouting and they never scored another point in the entire game. The Lions emerged stronger in the second half, ready for action. Not sure what their management team said to them at the halftime break, but it was quite incredible how um, the Sharks capitulated in the second half of the game and ended up losing. Nice crowd, 19-odd thousand at uh, Kings Park in Durban for the first match of the year with regards to the United Rugby Championship. There were, of course, a few other games that were played uh, locally over the um, the festive season. The Sharks, of course, involved in uh, another dramatic game against the Stormers on the 30th of December, the day before New Year's Eve. They lost by a point. The Stormers are doing what the Springboks did, winning all their matches by a point. Um, the Stormers winning a dramatic game, 16-15. They also, of course, won against the uh, Bulls by a single point as well the week before. Uh, Edinburgh beat Glasgow 19-14, and Benetton gave the Zebras a hiding by 36 points to 14. And then the other matches uh, on the 1st of January last week, the Dragons' point victory over Glenethny Scarlet 13-12. Another game that was separated by just a point, Leinster 21, Ulster 22. Leinster not having the best of times at the moment. Ospreys beat Cardiff 27-21 and Connacht beat Munster 22-19. As far as the fixtures are concerned, let me remind you, of course, that uh, there's uh, no rugby for the URC now till the end of the month, Saturday the 27th of January is the next game when the Bulls play the Lions and then into February we go for the next round of matches, the 16th and 17th of February. Those will be the next matches in the United Rugby Championship. There are, of course, other rugby matches uh, coming up in other competitions. 
like the EPCR Challenge this week, sees the Falcons play at Benetton and Ospreys play Papillon. Uh, and in the Champions Cup, the Saints play Aviron. And then the EPCR Challenge Cup on Saturday sees Clermont play Gennetli Scarlets. The Sharks from Durban play the Oyonnax team, then Zebras play the Dragons, Castre Olympique play Black Lions, Edinburgh play Gloucester, and Montpellier play the Lions from South Africa. In the Champions Cup, Leon play Connacht, the Chiefs play the Warriors, Toulon play Munster, the Bristol Bears will host the Vodacom Bulls from South Africa, the Stormers are at home against the Sale Sharks, Leinster play Stade Francais, Cardiff play Harlequins, and Ulster play the Stade Toulouson, and then on Sunday in the EPCR Challenge Cup, the Cheetahs are at home to Section Palois, and then the Champions Cup sees Bath play uh, Racing 92, La Rochelle play Leicester Tigers, and Union Bordeaux play Saracens. Well, let's move our attention now, finally, to football. Yesterday's action and results, uh, I can't go through all of them for you because there were so many in the FA Cup. But the big ones and some really big results, uh, Nottingham Forest had to come from two goals behind to end up drawing with Blackpool. So two all draw, there'll be a replay at Blackpool in that game. The big game of the weekend took until the 80th minute for an own goal to give Liverpool the lead against Arsenal. And then a goal scored in referee's optional time gave Liverpool a 2-0 win. So Arsenal now out of the League Cup, out of the FA Cup, and they've lost five of their last six matches. At Christmas, they were at the top of the Premier League. They are now completely in disarray of Arsenal. And if anybody watched the game yesterday, I have no idea why they played in that ridiculous white kit at home. Liverpool played in their away I think it's purple, but I'm a bit colorblind. And then Arsenal played in this white kit. You couldn't see the numbers. There were no names on the back of the shirts. I have no idea what the reason for that was. Uh, as far as some other results are concerned, so former Premier League side Leeds United, they beat Peterborough away from home. Leeds away from home, they beat them by three goals to nil. West Bromwich Albion had a good win 4-1 over Aldershot. West Ham were held to a one-all draw at the London Stadium by Bristol City. Now West Ham will have to go away from home to the replay. The other Premier League side... Luton Town yesterday, a goalless draw against Bolton Wanderers. They left to go to Bolton to play that replay. Man City, the defending champions, no problem. They thumped Huddersfield by five goals to nil. And then on Saturday, uh, Sheffield Wednesday were far too good for Cardiff. They beat them 4-2. Middlesbrough in a, a derby against Aston Villa. They lost by a goal to nil. Villa scored late in that game. Chelsea, who I spoke about earlier on, they came through 4-0 victors against Preston North End in a result that uh, shouldn't surprise anybody. Uh, Bournemouth had to struggle against Queen's Park Rangers, eventually coming through their 3-2. Watford beat Chesterfield 2-1. Stoke City lost at home to Premier League side Brighton and Ove Albion in an absolute thriller by four goals to two. Southampton got a good win against Walsall 4-0. Newport County and Eastleigh will have to replay their game after a one-all draw, as will Hull City and Birmingham, a one-all draw there. Gillingham lost at home to Sheffield United 4-0. Norwich and Bristol will have to replay their match. Blackburn through against Cambridge United. And then the uh, big derby between Sunderland and Newcastle. Um, there hasn't been one for 10 years since Sunderland's demise from the Premier League and Newcastle's rise. 
Well, Newcastle far too good for their neighbours. The Tyneside derby, three 0 to Newcastle. What an atmosphere at the Stadium of Light. Leicester City, former Premier League champions, they beat Millwall by three goals to two. Maidstone beat Stevenage 1-0. Wimbledon lost at home to Ipswich 3-1. And Coventry City beat Oxford United by six goals to two. And then Friday evening, Spurs beat Burnley, Fulham beat Rotherham and Brentford and Wolverhampton Wanderers will have to replay their third round match. Now, as far as the competition is concerned, one game tonight, two sides I haven't mentioned in the third round of the draw, quarter past 10 this evening, late to be honest with you, Uh, if you're working tomorrow, uh, if you're still on holiday, who cares? Stay up and watch. Wigan Athletic will host Manchester United. So if Manchester United were, and I'm not going to put the curse of the commentator on the game to lose this evening, um, I guess Eric Ten Hag might very well be looking for a new job um, because I feel that uh, where the results have gone... It could very well be the end of his tenure as Manchester United manager, if that in fact does happen. Okay, so one game left, Wigan against Manchester United. There are a host of matches that will need to be replayed. Bolton against Luton, Blackburn against Forest, Wolves against Brentford, Bristol Rovers against Norwich, Birmingham against Hull, Eastley against Newport, and Bristol against West Ham. All those matches on the 16th of January, and then Everton against Crystal Palace. That will be on Wednesday, the 17th of January. And the draw will take place for the FA Cup fourth round before the game tonight between Manchester United and Wigan. So all the teams will know who they will play in the next round. So the remaining 32 teams will find out their fate. Um, Who will get a shot? Lower league teams at some of the Premier League teams. Um, And there should be lots and lots of action. 32 balls will go into the draw and we shall see what happens. The draw will take place, as I say, this evening. Um, before the Manchester United-Wigan game. Uh, That's, of course, one of the reasons why the game is at quarter past eight. And uh, lots and lots of uh, action expected there. As they will be through the course of this week, let me tell you that tomorrow evening we will be previewing the African Cup of Nations. Kevin Evans will join us on Wednesday. We're joined by Omar Henry to talk about the Proteas. And on Thursday, Dr. Jacques Fall of the uh, Titans joins us to talk about the Titans Cricketing Academy that is being launched later on this year. So that's tomorrow night. Kevin Evans joins us for the African Cup of Nations. Omar Henry to talk about the Proteas as well as uh, what has gone on. And I'm sure we'll touch on the Betway T20 competition, which gets underway as well this month. And Dr. Jacques Fall on Thursday. Welcome back to from the boardroom to the locker room listeners, as well as to the team, Nick and myself back with you every night, Monday through Friday, six o'clock. Join us again tomorrow evening. Nothing's changed. Still 
I say to you, be nice to each other. Until next time, bye for now.